Brand-to-brand -brand collabs and innovative partnerships go beyond just creating a funny ad like you see in the Super Bowl. That's creative, but that's ephemeral. It's art. These collabs that are being built today are conceptually interesting. They're not just visually arresting. You're like, wait a minute, what's that? It catches your attention. Brent, tell us about today's episode. Ruth, we interview Scott Moore who is building solutions where you don't have to be Jay-Z or the CEO of Nike to do a collab. That's right, Brent. You shouldn't have to be the president of Ralph Lauren. All brands should be able to say, hey, these are my customers. This is what I'm trying to do with them. Who can I partner with to grow my brand? Now, enjoy this episode of Talk Commerce. Talk Commerce is brought to you by Content Basis. Have you tried machine learning programs only to find they give you repetitive garbage or worse, information irrelevant to the context of what you asked for? Do you know if the content that you're using on your website is even performing? Content Basis exists to analyze, create, and measure the content that is crucial for your product or service. Content Basis analyzes your website analytics to learn what is performing well and what is not. We dig into your search history to discover what keywords people are using to find your product and services and what keywords people are using to find your competitors' products and services. We create a content plan to help you deliver content that wraps around your most vital products and services, and then we track the performance of this content, reassess it, and make it better. Go to contentbasis.io to learn more. The open beta program is available to new users. Go to contentbasis.io. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Haifa, or as the Europeans say, Hufa, or the right way to say it. Hufa is rapidly becoming the biggest Magento front end after Luma. For those who don't know it, Luma is the basic theme that comes with Magento, and it is giantly slow. If you're looking for a template-based front end with the fastest loading times in the e-commerce industry while saving costs on development time and hosting infrastructure, Hufa is your best option. Everybody loves a fast site, including Google. Improve your Google ranking and conversion rates and make your customers happy. Learn more at hyva.io. That's hyva.io. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today, I have Scott Moore. Scott is the CEO and co-founder of Collaboratory. Scott, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us your day-to-day -day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure. Well, thanks a lot, Brent. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I'm co-founder and CEO of Collaboratory. Collaboratory is a venture-backed startup that is looking to unlock and unleash the power of brand-to-brand -brand collaborations in a kind of a fundamentally different way. Well, and this is, to be clear, a collaboration or a brand partnership, that's been around forever. But they've been built kind of in analog means through analog networks. And so there's nothing wrong with the CEO of some company running into the CEO of someone else at the Grammys and saying, hey, we should do something. And I've worked for a few CEOs. They tend to know their businesses pretty well. They're rarely a bad idea. That said, if you look at the rest of marketing vehicles, they, they operate on platforms, they're data-driven, and we set out to build this company to help not connect brands to influencers, 
but to help brands connect to brands to grow their market more efficiently, more effectively with their partners. So that's what collaboratory is. What I do, I'm a former marketer. I started in advertising. I actually started my career as a Teach for America Corps member. So I was in an inner city school teaching English as a second language about 30 years ago. My first job in marketing was in, in advertising with a company called Fallon. And then I was at Best Buy for a very long time, working my way up the ranks. I was a COO of a marketing tech company, which we sold to private equity, and then was the CMO of, um, of Wynn Resorts. And so that's like my career in a minute and a half. The job of CEO is really interesting. I think the deeper I've gotten to my career, the more I want to spend time bringing my whole self to work, which is I don't just want to speak from the marketing communications perspective or from the marketing data perspective, or just as the general manager of P&L holder. I've always been around starting and creating new businesses, new ventures, whether they're social or for profit. And the opportunity to launch a new business with High Alpha and with my partner, Brian Bispola, was just remarkable. And it has been a ton of fun, but it's been everything you'd expect from a startup. Days of joy, days of, huh, what are we going to do about that? And it's been really rewarding. So my job is simplified. I'm accountable for everything. I'm accountable to the board. I hire the team. Talent is really central. What's the proposition? Are we properly funded? Do we have enough capital? Are we growing revenue appropriately? And are we doing something that's of consequence that will scale? And so that takes any CEO, whether you're the CEO of Best Buy or Win or of this mighty band of collaborators, that's the job. Find great people, bring them on board, enlist in a journey worth taking, define a big space where such that if you win, you really win, and then go build products and experiences that meet your customers' needs. And so that's my job. Yeah, you've uh, you've already seeded me with hundreds of interesting topics, but let's try <laughs> to stay on the collaboratory or collaboration sure. topic. Before we get started, I did ask you if it would be okay if I told you a joke, and then all you have to do is say if that joke should be free or if it should remain in the public domain space. So Fair enough. I'm going to tell you a joke. Just tell me free or charge. So, what happens if someone slaps you at a high frequency? It hurts <laughs> yeah i think that should be free <laughs> we do a lot of we do a lot of value targeting at work to figure out value targeting <laughs> in our work to see what's worth it what's the cost benefit analysis and i think that definitely remains in the free yeah bucket. thank you i'm not sure if you put in a sound no, I should. I, I've been thinking I should wah, have been. Wah, 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 wah. yeah <laughs> actually i used to do that i used to say the joke in the preamble and I'd have a little laugh track that goes on behind it. But then I decided to just start telling the joke to the listeners. And it, I get your reaction. And, and the silence yeah, you know, is... a live reaction, but yeah. I would not pay for that joke. Good. Silence is golden. A uh, couple of things. When I, I was wearing Adobe partner, my day job. Oh, sure. And the Magento Imagine was at the Wynn Casino for years and years. And I'm assuming the Win is the same one, right? Win Resorts? Correct, yeah. Win Win now operates Vegas. Next time you're in Boston, there's a property called the Encore Boston Harbor, which is as if I was joked. It's as if Steve Wynn actually grew up in Everett, Massachusetts, which is like a hop, skip, and a jump from downtown Boston. And I always joke. It's like Steve Wynn went out there one day. I don't know his background well enough like to meet his family or something, and he left his credit card at the place, and he left the Encore. Like, it, there's a full-on... Vegas style hotel at win level of execution 
five minutes from downtown Boston. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. so they've got that. They've got Macau, very big operator, and just really one of the world class companies that I've worked for. What they do, the culture they've built, the level of ex- excellence is really incredible. But yeah, it was the win, and I'm glad you went. You should go next time you go. They've done so much. The new conference facility, it's just it's insane. Yeah, the last time I was there was in 2019, and then I was at uh-huh. the win. The one in Macau is a mini win. It looks just like the one in Vegas, but it's at a smaller scale, so I've been to that yeah. one as well. Look at you. <laughs> Very impressive. Good. So I, I do want to talk about collaborations today. I think we have a lot of topics. We could also talk about entrepreneurship and getting funded. And yesterday I was at an entrepreneurship lunch where we talked, I was sat next to a venture capital backed company who is going for his B, his second round Series of funding. Series B, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, Good for him. but I'm really interested in the collaboration space, and Andy Heddle has been helping me sure. get informed and learn about it, and I think he he's the one who arranged for this for us to talk today. But tell us a little bit about the traditional model of brands collaborating, and it's more than just having your JBL stereo in your Pontiac uh, Sunfire, right? Correct, correct. So we think about brand-to-brand collaboration as sort of two things. It's what's become really popular of late are collabs. So two brands coming together, brand one, an X in the middle, and brand two, and then the traditional brand partnerships. And so I've done brand partnerships. The first ad I worked on was a partnership between Coca-Cola and Nestle. In my first few months at Best Buy, there was what would be considered a partnership then, a collab now between McDonald's, Monopoly, and Best Buy. It was very strategically constructed. But even something as big and as powerful as McDonald's, Monopoly, and Best Buy, it came to light through the what I said before. People knew each other, it's proximity, it's existing relationships, or it's serendipity. And again, I love things that, that felt like, that's how we all used to meet our spouses is, oh, it's my neighbor's sister or brother. We all went to the same high school. Oh my goodness, it was some magic night in some, I don't know, I don't know how serendipity works, it's in the movies. And that was the construction method. And that doesn't fit to a 21st century world or 21st century marketing in any way. The way we solve that is interesting. So you think about these complex human problems. How do I meet and find the right solution? That's an age old question solved in those three kinds of ways. But when you think about like the market for love, I'm gonna be a little economist on you here for a sec. Think about the market for love. The way we did it was meet your best friend's sister. The way we solve that very complex problem now is through match.com. There's a platform in which someone is sending a signal, hey, I'm this kind of person, I'm looking for these kinds of people, and someone responds and says, hey, I'm that kind of person, I'd like to talk to you. And then there's a digitally driven engagement. So that's the market for love. Let's take the market for work, right? I don't know, one of us will get our next gig, hopefully not me, through Indeed. And Indeed, you send up a signal, this is who I am, the the job provider puts up a brief, it's sorted digitally. The market for collectibles, Etsy does the same thing. And so these are new technologies, like we didn't create the idea of a marketplace, but we did acknowledge, hey, wait a minute, in this day and age, despite all the amazing opportunities a chief marketing officer has now to connect with customers, I have better data because there's beta data out there. That means I can do better segmentation to figure out should they target you or me. And then I've got amazing pipes into your life. I've got your phone. I can interrupt you in the bathroom at the stoplight. Like, it's amazing. 
But when I think about you and I each have probably been targeted a hundred times already today. I don't remember a single one of them. And that's an age old marketing problem. I remember ads from the 1980s with Michael Jordan better than I remember whatever I was targeted today. Brand to brand collabs and innovative partnerships go beyond just to create a funny ad, the Super Bowl ads. That's creative, that's creativity, I love that. But that's ephemeral, it's, it's art. These collabs that are being built today are conceptually interesting. They are not just visually arresting, you're like, wait a minute, what's that? It catches your attention. And so we came to this idea a little bit, me as a CMO thinking, hey, all right, there's a new age of digital clutter. What am I aware, it was the inverse. What am I aware of that I shouldn't be was the first question we asked. And I was aware somehow, and I'm not the hippest guy in the world. I am a marketer, so I probably lean a little more attention paying on these things. But my goodness, I know that Clinique and Crayola did a collab. Why is that? Like I've never bought a Clinique product in my life, ever. I have bought a lot of Crayola because we all have if you have kids. But my kids are in college, like I haven't bought Crayola. Yet I knew in my conscious that was cool. And you start paying attention to that. And you're like, hey, wait a minute, these two brands come together. These audiences matching. Actually, each marketer thinks they own me. But in fact, I went to Starbucks this morning. I think I have a Patagonia vest on. Like, I, the brands are linked through me, the human. And our whole thing is, hey, wait a minute. If you can find relevant audience connections or gaps in the market, we can fill in the space with an interesting thought. That's cool. And that's what leads you to, I, I saw, I don't know if you're a Stranger Things fan. I think everyone, most people are at this point. I saw the Lego, Lego Stranger Things collab. It's cool. Why is it cool? I don't know. Like we're work, we'll have, we'll be building math to prove what's cool and what's not. But you look at that thing and you're like, oh, something creative was like, oh, here's the build the Legos up. There's an upside down. It was a collab that was conceptually arresting. And there's just an abundance of them. We want to build solutions where you don't have to be Jay-Z or the CEO of Nike to do a collab. You shouldn't have to be the president of Ralph Lauren. All brands should be able to say, hey, these are my customers. This is what I'm trying to do with them. Who can I partner with to grow my business? And let's go do something cool and interesting. And we want to do that not in a human way or an ad agency way, but in a software data-driven technology kind of way. Are you saying in the past, most of the... A lot of these have been incidental or by accident? Uh, no, that's not fair. Yeah, that is an implication. And some are. That's what I would call serendipity. That's my serendipity is my nicest way to say that. But sure, like I've been in lots of places in my jobs like, hey, we should do something. That's always a serendipity. I don't know. The thing that's wrong with that is it's unfair to say that the CEO of Adidas doesn't know who they should call up with. That's not fair for me to say, I don't know what he knows or she. I don't know who that is. No, they know their business and they can do it. The problem is perceived as moonshot activity. Okay, the only one I can collab with is with Beyonce or Gucci. No, I, we just fundamentally disagree with that because the audience connections are real and deep. And for our customers, we're helping them open up their eyes to like, hey, there's new ways to partner. And what's powerful as social media matures as influencers mature, they're still pretty strong. TikTok's on, TikTok's on fire, so leave that alone. The maturation means when you buy media, you're paying, they, they call it a CPM, cost per thousand. That's how you buy media. You're like, I need these thousand impressions, I'll pay you this amount of money at a market price. This is how it works. It's harder and harder to get unfair advantages in that marketplace right now because it's become established. And there are elements of social media right now that have grown a little stale, if you're going to ask me.
What's interesting about a partnership between any two brands, you could pick them. You could probably make one up in your head right now. If brand one comes to the table, they have one set of equities, meaning they're known for certain things, and one set of assets. They may have a huge social following. They may have millions of email addresses. They may have a huge media budget. They may sponsor the Grammys. I don't know. The other brand shows up with an equal set of assets. They're not necessarily all fully balanced, but their brands for stands for something else. They have a different spin on the customer audience. They may have social where they didn't have email or email where they didn't have social. And so the greatest partnerships and collabs line those things up in a conceptual interesting way, build something new and you're like, oh, fine. I'll put it on my socials. You put it in your email. I'll put it in my TV spot. I'll put it in my stores. And that is part of the, there's still a little art and science here, but I don't want it to have to be the chief marketing officer, the CEO, the CRO doing all this work. There's a lot of brilliant, creative marketing people across all organizations of all sizes. I'm not against performance marketing. I've done it. I've led digital transformations, but this is some of the creative work that they want to do. And there's ways to bring data to this. My dog has arrived. Hi, buddy. There's ways to bring data to this. They're, They're just as rigorous and robust as when you're looking at, you know, your search terms. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that there, there's risks and there's rewards in the collaboration space. You mentioned Adidas and Gucci. And the first thing I thought, I had a little bit of a cringe, but then I thought there's really not a problem with either one collaborating with the other. I can imagine there are some brand collaborations that would never work, but there's probably more that do work than don't. Maybe speak to the ones that would be more of a problem through politics or through... Yeah, I think, um, sure. I think the ones that are well-constructed tend to perform better. And those who bring strategic rigor, partnership vetting rigor, have a clarity on what they're trying to get out of it from an outcome perspective, those ones tend to outperform who I happen to know from high school. And again, there's nothing wrong. Like, through my high school connections, we're doing some interesting collabs. And I went to some random, not random. Some little high school in Massachusetts. So, but that's not the way to grow strategically. I think that's the key. We're saying brand partnerships and collaborations. Like, just let us, let's role play back. I'm at Best Buy. We're having our weekly team meeting on the marketing team. We go around the table, all the VPs. VP of media talks about what they spent, where they spent, and what the return on ad spend was. Very data-driven. Imperfect because we're humans, but solid. Okay. Next group, marketing strategy, which segment are going after when, why, how, math. Creative is harder, but even creative, the ads are vetted now. If it's TV, it's a little harder, squishier, but if it's performance media, like I knew how things were performing on the site by click. Okay, we're moving our way around, et cetera, et cetera. You get to the sponsorships, partnerships, people. They're like, hey, we have an opportunity to partner with the Rolling Stones. Okay. That sounds pretty good to me. What math are they bringing to bear? What audience information are they bringing? They're fighting with one hand tied behind their back. And then you intuitively, I love one of my favorite exercises is, let's go to the local third grade classroom. Let's tell them our strategy. Let's see if they even understand it. And then let's see what they would do, have them vote with M&Ms. Now, I've never literally done this, but I think sometimes us smarty pants people get pretty smarty pants and can get over our skis with all the rationale. Let's go to the third grade class. I don't know if Rolling Stones right. Maybe it's Justin Bieber, whoever whoever they listen to now. Have them vote. Should my company partner with them? 
And they would be able to deduce. There's a difference between the Rolling Stones and Justin Bieber and the difference between athlete A and athlete B. And so there's a little bit of that, but that's, it's instinctive. It's intuitive. There's no math. Let's go back in the future. Someone comes in with collaboratory, same team meeting, same thing. And we're like, hey, let's look at the Rolling Stones opportunity. Here's their audience. It's been vetted to the same level of detail as the media team. There's a core rationale, and then the executive teams are making solid decisions on Nike, high bar, anti-plastics, shampoo that is on our platform. I just want good decision-making, and I believe over time, better decisions compound in a positive way, and you do need a different solution than they've got today. Do you think Collaboratory is uncovering these opportunities that have always been there? Or do you think that the collaboration space is rising right now? Great question. I think the collaboration space is rising based on what you're seeing. It's a little bit more coastal, big city, candidly. So if you land in New York or LA, you're going to see brand one, brand X brand two, Chicago, Atlanta, Houston, etc. So it's growing. I think what you're seeing is it's emanating from culture leading categories like sport, music, culinary, fashion, of course. I think what we're doing is our thesis is, hey, you don't have to be um, a fashion brand. You don't have to be whomever, doesn't matter. You bad bunny, doesn't matter. Like you don't have to be a fashion brand to do this stuff. So I believe that was the second part of your question. Sorry, that was the growth of it. You had some friends. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they've always been there. Oh, they've always been there. Yeah, sorry, I just spaced. To a degree, they've been there, but I don't think they've been viewed. They've been viewed tactically and opportunistically, not strategically. That's what I think. Yeah, I can remember in my in my past life or previous work, I worked with ABM Bev. We toured a facility down in in in, in the Dominican Republic, and they were a rum brand, and they had a partnership with the Boston Red Sox, and they had I can't remember somebody's uniform. Really? But they were, that was one of their collaborations was with a baseball brand, probably because they have some players on the team that were Dominican. And by the way, the Minnesota Twins have always had a lot of Dominican players. But sure. anyways, is that a good example of a collaboration that would be strategic rather than opportunistic or both? For sure. It depends on how it was generated. I think the Boston Red Sox, I have deep enough relationship with. They're very strategic in how they grow. A Red Sox fan, too, full disclosure to all your Yankee fans. There's bias here. I think the question is, oh, did whatever year this was, did Theo Epstein and or did Sam Kennedy run into someone in the Dominican and that's where it came from? That doesn't sound super strategic, although it's intuitively right. They're very analytics focused. If they said, hey, wait a minute, look what's happening in our audience. Aside from the fact that we're performing and we have the trend you just talked about, the twins, that's also true for the Red Sox. Who are those fans? How do we deep between Pedro and Ortiz? I can't believe Poppy. Hey, look, there's an opportunity here. What do those guys do? What about if it's approached that way? That's correct. I think that increases the odds of success because it's grounded in a strategic thought the same way someone graduated from HBS who wants to go to P&G, they think strategically about this. We're just providing new tools. Another thing I would say just to, to build, like we think of this, one, I think it's a huge opportunity, but just because it's fuzzy, it just didn't get the respect it deserved. We're taking the fuzziness out. We're making it clearer. We're making it easier. We're trying to reduce friction. All the things that great commerce and digital properties do, all the things that marketplaces do. We think about this in three ways. 
One is, and let's go back to that Red Sox example. One is they need, the Red Sox need to create demand for partnering with them. What is that? You need to tell brands and partners, prospective partners, this is what I'm interested in doing. And if you tell the market, this is where I'm trying to grow and how I'm trying to grow, the market will respond. They won't respond perfectly, but markets, not just market, but markets work this way. Adam Smith, the mystery of the invisible hand. Like this is, this is how things work. So one is create demand and we have tools to help you do that. Second thing we do, which is really interesting, and it was actually Andy Heddle who drove this, we help brands capture demand. And capture demand is different. That's like I grew up in a town called Brewster, which is in Massachusetts, pretty close to on the water. That was not fancy, but we did live on the water. Everyone thought we were friends with the Kennedys. No, I like pumped gas for rich people. But when you live near the ocean, things wash in off the ocean. Some, a lot of it's bunk, but a lot of it, is, some of it is interesting. There's messages in bottles or whatever. The problem is brands and, and leaders don't have the capacity to capture what's coming, the inbound. And so we have a simple tool called Partner Capture Tool that gets put on in people's emails on their websites that says, we're open to collab, partner with us. And that information is sent to collaboratory first because when you're in chair and you're the CRO or the CMO, or the CEO or the VP or the director of whatever, you've got a lot on your plate, a lot. The last thing they want is an email from Scott Moore saying, hey, I think I can help you. They're busy, they owe something to somebody. We take all this demand, capture it, organize it so they can go through it quickly the way they go through their dating app. The dating app, you're like, nope, no, nope, no, yup, hold on, I think that one's good for me, nope. And we try and mimic that and we call that the, per the perfect inbox, per perfect partner inbox. That's how I think it should be. And then for the good stuff, we move forward with the partners. And for the stuff that doesn't fit, because we're in the collaboration business, some of it just is a bad idea. As a marketing exec, I know I've seen more than my fair share of bad ideas. I know what to do with them. I've seen my fair share of good ones. I know what to do with them. The bad ideas, we just sort calmly, off they go. Or if it's a medium thought, like, hey, it's not right for you and Target right now, but we're actually talking, Kohl's is on our platform. They are not, but say they were. Not right for you, Target. Could be good for you, Kohl's. Could be good for you, Carhartt, whatever. We're the collab business, so we can push that. You want that marketplace energy is what we're building. All right, so you had demand, capture. What was the third one? You started this three. Demand creation, that's strategic. I want okay. a partner to get this marketing job done. I want to reinvent the anniversary sale. I want to win the Super Bowl. I'd like to win with African-American women in Texas. Whatever marketing job collabs can help. Second one, demand capture. Capture what's coming in at you. Organize it. Third thing is demand activation, which is once we decide two brands, this is what happened. I didn't work on Gucci and Aura or any of that. Someone's like, okay, they have met. They decided to match, and now they have to go mobilize whatever they're going to do. Every partnership has these core components. You better meet. You have to assess. You have to agree. This match, we're going to go do these things, then we're going to go. Then you have to go activate demand, and that is go execute. And where we stop at the moment is because these are two brands, not everyone in the world, someday there can be 10,000 brands on this platform, and it's going to be a live ecosystem. We're not there yet. We're a startup less than a year old. Um, I don't know who has what capabilities. I'm pretty sure Coca-Cola can do something in stores better than I can. And so Coca-Cola, if they're the partner, should drive that piece. I think if Netflix is 
part of this. Netflix probably has better content creation. I know the guys at Roku, they've got a remarkable content studio there. The guys from Funny or Die now run that. Clearly, they should be making the content, not me. But if they need help, we can do that, and we'll do it through our partnerships. We collaborate with agencies, design firms, TikTok makers, email. But it's more based on the customer's needs and the needs of that particular collab. Interesting. In a few minutes we have left here, Collaboratory would take two brands, but then would you have would you have other partners that would help them execute some of that things? Like you mentioned Correct. agencies and things. Okay. Correct. And also, like I'm fortunate, I've worked at and with some of the best agencies in the world. Agencies at their peak. I love agencies, but that's not what we're trying to build here. We're trying to build a platform. That, that, that really professionalizes and unlocks the value of two brands working together to capture customers' attention and then throw that attention at revenue-generating and outcome-driving opportunities. That's what we're building, and we're already lots of partners to get it done. Scott, as 2023 gets started here, what bit of advice could you give a CMO or a CRO or a CEO who wants to who, who has some thoughts in the back of their head to get started in a collabor collaboration, how would you have them get started? Clearly, the right answer is to send me an email at scott at collaboratory.io with one L, collaboratory. I think what the biggest advice I would give is that it's not to start with, hey, our first collab should be the Rolling Stones. Our first collab should be... Nike, or don't start there. Start one, all, I believe fervently, all brands can and should collaborate. You'll grow faster by working together as long as there are rules, boundaries, and there's, an, there's a data match, there's an asset match, and it, everyone is clear. It doesn't have to be perfectly equal. I don't know the value of 30 million emails versus 30 million social posts. Like, it, it doesn't matter. The question is each partner looking at the person saying, if you do that for me, I'll do this for you. We're amplifying our impact while spending the same or less than I was planning to spend. Totally believe that. To answer the question, I think it's get started, start small. It actually comes a series, join, join Collaboratory. We have a very easy to access collab quick start, which gets you moving quickly. We help you write listings for the marketplace so you can start to capture signals of who's interested in part of me. Say you want to win with high net worth individuals. Say that's your target. And you say that's who this brand should you want to partner with. And no brands respond. That is as valuable of information as crushing it with Morgan Stanley, whoever, Chase Big Bang, Goldman Sachs. You want the today's marketing is about signal capture, capabilities to activate, appropriate messaging that catches attention, and driving driving outcomes. And this is a great way to capture signal. Push out signal to let people know what you're trying to do. Find like-minded partners. Capture signal back from the partners and their customers. And you're just going to be smarter. And so, again, you don't need – I never did a collab with Jay-Z. I've done it with a few celebrities. But there's a great way to get started. So why get going? Scott, as we close out the podcast, I give all my guests a chance to do a shameless plug about anything you'd like. What would you like to plug today? I feel like I got a little salesy here there, giving my email out, so I can't tell if that was uncouth. Here's what I would say that I think is interesting, is not only are we building a business that's going to connect um, brands, brand to brand, X brand collaboration, that's what we're in. We're going to be world-class at that. We're going to be the home and hub 
for collaboration worldwide. That's our vision. In order to do that, we certainly can't do it alone. And it's not that we can't do it alone like I need you to become on the platform as a brand. But we're going to need to build a community of collaborators, people who think this way, who care. The number of times I'm an idea guy, I'm a massive inveterate connector, like I just connect people all the time, ideas, it's how I roll. And I don't really worry about the payback. We use once a year if something goes wrong and I have to apologize. But basically, if you need to connect to Andy Heddle and we just met, I would connect you in general. Maybe that's too loose. But increasing velocity of connection really matters. And so I know there's lots of people out there like me who are creative, who can look at a collab and be like, that's cool. Or hey, Miss Meyer's soap or Method soap should actually think about a collab. We want to connect to those people and pull them into our sphere. Not to pay them, not to, but hey, this is an amazing spot. They need to build relationships. And so it's Andy Heddle who's leading the cultivation of this community of collaborators. I'd invite people to reach out to us and say, hey, I think this is cool if you do. And I'd like to participate in some way. And hopefully we'll be so big and famous that we're hiring everybody. But I'm humble enough at this age to know startups are hard. We're grinding as well as we can, and we're delivering great outcomes for our clients and customers. What I'd like to know is who's interested in this topic and who wants to play and how can we get you involved? Because it's, again, back to marketplaces. Go back to Match.com. Every time someone on Match.com says no, is that a fail? It is not a fail. If I say no, that person's not right for me. It's a signal back to the market, and in the aggregate, the market gets smarter so that you stop targeting supermodels, and maybe you're good at that, I'm not. You stop targeting supermodels, and you start finding people whose interests are more like yours. It's the activity that actually is the genius. And that's what I would say. Yeah, going back to the rules of marketing, measuring, measuring are one of the three big things that you need to do. That's such that's such great insight and not even, that's just, yeah, I appreciate that. Scott, I'll put all these on the show notes. It is it is it's Scott at collaboratory.io. Correct. Yeah. And it's collaboratory, C-O-L, just one, co-laboratory. And yes. I'll put all, I'll put all those things in the show notes so people only get a hold of you. And just thinking, as you said through that, I talked through that, I could just think of thousands of potential collaborations, you know, even with yeah. Mrs. Meyer's soap and some scrubby no, brush or something. There's so many really different things. It's tall. It's really exciting. And if you're like me, like I'll tell a simple story to wrap. While I was at Wynn, I guess this is... I, when I was at Wynn, one of my goals was when Tom, now I'm a Boston sports fan. So again, full disclosure, everyone can hate me. I was like, okay, what would be an, what would be fantastic with Wynn? And I'm like, you know what would be fantastic is when, if and when Tom Brady ever retires. That is just an idea. It didn't happen. But if and when Tom Brady retires, I wanted him to look at the camera and not say, I'm going to Disneyland or whatever. I wanted him to say, I'm going to the Wynn, which would have been just this amazing statement of those two brands, Tom Brady and when are pantheon level entities, even though Tom's a human. And so as part of that, we were talking a bit with his organization, TB12, which is just emerging sports, nutrition, well-being, stretching. It's a different kind of model. And so I was like, hey, I'd, to, I'd like to, and I want, I wanted to build a relationship with Brady for that other purpose. But there, anytime brands align, that's a good idea. And so I was talking to their leadership team. I'm like, God, I'd love to get, we had Peloton at the win, not Peloton. We had, excuse me, we had SoulCycle at the win. And I'm like, it feels like TV 12 should be here. 
So whatever. We started that conversation. I left the company. It doesn't matter. Two years later, I run into their leadership team. And guy comes up. He's this guy. We're at the wind. And to the kinds of people who I think are, would do well in our community, I didn't need to be paid. I'd much rather be paid a commission. Like who doesn't want money? I'll take money. But I felt some inherent joy by saying, hey, this is a good idea. It's my opinion. I didn't have perfect collaboratory data. It was a good idea. Those two brands do align. They're those kinds of people. And when I heard, hey, there's one at the window, I was like, yeah, there is. Like, I just thought it was a joyful thing. And I think we need that to the nth degree in this space, which is take this seriously. Use data. Use a platform. Be, pay it forward in this and trust that you're going to meet more innovative people Touch innovative stuff, open up opportunities for your brand. This is a big vision compared to whenever the first folks created monster.com in 1995 or whatever for the, in, in the labor market. But great. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's great what you do. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Have a great day. Okay. Adios. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.